This is the People's Scrum, my love. Audio edition. Recorded during the coronavirus lockdown when I was sitting in our back garden over a series of sunrises. Some grown-ups might like to listen to it. The retrospective is now. In her 1958 book, The Art of Making Dances, the dancer and choreographer Doris Humphrey offered the following advice. Never leave the ending until the end. Since first hearing that advice in the late 70s, I found it to be appropriate in all creative endeavours I have undertaken. It essentially asks that we have a sense of the whole before filling in the detail. It is a very agile concept. If she had been addressing a business audience, Miss Humphrey may have recommended that we know why we are doing something before we undertake the doing of it, that we have a clear vision. In other words, we need to ask ourselves, what value are we seeking? What story are we telling? Traditional software development tended to leave the ending to the end, which is why we often joke about teams being 90% done 90% of the time, and why everything goes pear-shaped when we try to integrate all the disparate pieces. Taking Doris Humphrey's original insight, we can apply it to a different aspect of agile software development, the retrospective. Reframed, the statement might read, never leave the retrospecting until the retrospective. Many Agilists promote something known as the Retrospective Prime Directive, originally penned by Norm Kurth. Regardless of what we discover, we understand and truly believe that everyone did the best job he or she could, given what was known at the time, his or her skills and abilities, the resources available and the situation at hand. I personally find this so-called directive somewhat condescending and superficial and believe its use does not foster the kind of environment that allows real meaningful change to occur. The retrospective prime directive was written at a time when retrospectives were more commonly known as post-mortems and would occur at the end of a sometimes very long project. In such situations, tempers were worn and the propensity to blame was rife. Having people believe, or at least act as if they believe, that everyone had done their best was a way to reduce the heat of such a meeting, which was named post-mortem for a reason. In an agile context, we, we value frequent inspection. Introduction of the prime directive into an agile retrospective seems to assume no reflection has been done on the journey to the retrospective, that all feedback, criticism, concern, all differences and disputes are bottled up and saved for a single meeting at the end of a sprint. If that is the way a team is taught to work, then I can see the need for such a directive. But imposing a belief of bestness after the fact parallels the traditional approach of testing, where QA specialists try to test quality into a piece of software after it has been built. Both approaches are suboptimal and wasteful. On the other hand, if a team is given the opportunity to reflect each day a new mood is generated, the team members self-organise towards a collaborative and trusting way of being, learning to confront the tough moments with courage and respect. We then see the quality of interaction and collaboration woven into the fabric of the team, not patched on at some later date. We might call this reflection-driven development. With such teams, the retrospective requires no directives, admonishments or rules of conduct. In fact, without the necessity to take the lid off Pandora's box every two or three weeks, the retrospective becomes something much more interesting and powerful. It becomes a moment of stillness and reflection, 
a time to breathe out, to say thank you, a time to be and not do. Such a retrospective results in the team members feeling closer to one another as human beings. It is a deepening of the tribal spirit, the common consciousness, that intangible element inherent in all groups striving for a common purpose. Seek small adjustments as and when needed and you won't have to worry about the big changes. They will take care of themselves. And maybe you will experience a shifting of self from which place the real organizational change will emerge. If teams struggle with the ongoing feedback model, and new teams often do, I'd like to offer a different way to begin a retrospective. That is, to enter the sharing reflective mindset required for this conversation. It is not a directive, not a statement to publicly proclaim, but simply something for each team member to quietly consider before dialogue begins. And the wording here is suggestive only, not a script to be followed. We are emotional and vulnerable beings subject to a continuous flow of influences from a myriad of sources. Sometimes we perform magnificently, other times we mess up. Mostly we are somewhere between these extremes. In this last period of work, everyone did what they did and likely had reasons for doing so. Accept what is. And now, what can we learn from our past actions and thinking that will inform and guide our future ones? Foster the collective mindset and retrospecting will occur throughout your journey, allowing your end of sprint meeting to take on a new quality altogether, perhaps one of love and celebration.